Before I get started on today's Mortcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Right now, you know, things are in flux. After a, after a low point, infections started in coronavirus infections started rising again. Um, so that has made restauranteering kind of kind of on the up in the air side. However, Blanchard has been successfully doing virtual wine tastings, so you can do things from home. Uh, you can uh, reserve your spot, and they will ship you tastings and uh, various meats and cheeses that go with them and you could do them online these are very popular and have been going fast Um, they have limited capacity uh, dining so you can reserve a spot outside in the dairy block and and like it's summer in Colorado one of the best places to do one of the best things to do is just sit outside uh, particularly in the beautiful dairy block and just see uh, what's going on there? Because it's it's uh, really really just gorgeous. And if you go on a, on a night, socially distanced, you can sit outside, uh, just enjoy some wine, uh, and in a relatively safe environment. And Blanchard's got it there. They got it. Pinot. They've got Cabernet. Uh, they got a Riesling with a partnership with a Western Slope winery called Storm Cellar. Basically, they got everything that you would want for a nice, pleasant night out. Uh, away from, you know, thinking constantly about um, a, a virus. Uh, it is it is one of the best things that you can do to just kind of relax and uh, really enjoy yourself. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanche Family Wines. When you go in or you reserve a spot for your virtual wine tasting, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, Okay, we had the first scrimmage of the restart last night. Can you believe it? Basketball again. First time since March 11th. Woo! It wasn't great basketball. (laughs) Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't something that you would want to repeat. The Nuggets played zone, and I can tell you for a 100% fact, Michael Malone hates zone defense. He's not Rick Carlisle, okay? Uh, he, he just absolutely loathes zone defense. And the Nuggets played exclusively zone last night, and I'm sure a part of him died inside while, while, while having to go through that last night. But the Nuggets only had eight bodies, and they uh, had a starting lineup, which was roundly featured throughout NBA Twitter uh, for being unusual in a sense that they were playing three centers. Well, if you call Bol Bol a center. But it was Nikola Jokic, Mason Plumlee, Bol Bol, Paul Millsap, and Jeremy Grant. It was a very tall lineup. Uh, it was tall ball, basically. And the antithesis of small ball. And the funny thing was... Look, they were only doing this because they have only eight bodies. And they only had one guard. <laughs> you might as well have Nikola Jokic run point guard. Uh, it, seriously, that's where it was. But the, the Nuggets did made do with the bodies they had. Uh, Will Barton was out. 
Um, Jamal Murray was out. Obviously, things would look a lot different if those guys were in. Plus, Gary Harris and Torrey Craig are there, not yet ready to play. And Michael Porter Jr. is on his way into uh, the bubble as we speak. So, things will change. Uh, it's not something that you will see in a sense that uh, this is uh, something the Nuggets will be doing throughout the restart in through the playoffs. You're just not going to see this. However, however, the difference is, and, it, and, and and what kind of I want to focus on here is that Bull Bull had a great uh, debut scrimmage. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks, and he had a plus-minus of 18, plus 18, which was great. By far the best plus-minus of the team. It was a very rusty game, and it was a very unusual game. But Bull Bull really was great. <laughs> He altered a re Hachimura uh, shot that uh, was kind of like, it reminded me of uh, Antonio McDyce in 1995 blocking Dennis Scott's uh, shot, um, three-point shot, and coming down with the ball. I mean, that that's how high in the air Bull was without really having to jump. I mean, he's got a six, excuse me, seven-foot-nine arm span. Um, so... Obviously, he affected the game in a way that we have not seen since Matumbo. Don't bring in Marcus freaking Camby into this. This is this is a Matumbo thing. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, Bulls blocks were straight on. A lot like Matumbo. Uh, all of almost exclusively uh, all of uh, Marcus Camby's blocks were weak side, kind of like Birdman. Um, but it was it was nice to see. I was just it was nice to see in a in a quirky sort of sense. Um, but there are things at play here that I think people don't really understand. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts this morning, and a lot of the Nuggets rap podcasts have missed a lot of the grander point that is being made here. Um, and it centers around Nikola Jokic, Ole Bull, and the soon-to-be-there Michael Porter Jr. Um... I have been talking to a lot of people in the league, uh, people around the team, uh, and I, my sense is that there is a direction in the league that I that let's call it the defensive adjustment part of the league that is coming, and it is not quote unquote positionless basketball. The, the, the term positionless basketball is kind of a misnomer. A position is dictated almost entirely by who you guard. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of switching in the NBA, but you do have someone you primarily guard. That is a truism. That does not change. Whether you switch or not does not matter. Who you guard is, uh, is a part, you have a primary responsibility for guarding. Um, and that is why there are positions. It's not, <clears throat> it's not offense. It's dictated by who you guard. So, in uh, uh, the Nuggets case, they had an extremely tall lineup. You had Nikola Jokic out there playing point guard. Obviously, that will not be something that will continue on. But, there is a feeling in some NBA circles, and uh, this is just based on a lot of conversations the last couple of years, that the NBA can't keep expanding outward. Um, in fact, unless they add a four-point line, which is seen as the ultimate gimmick, um, 
you will not be seeing the outward expansion of the NBA anymore. There's just no space for it. You already have people launching shots from 35 feet out. Thank you, Steph Curry and Trey Young. Um, it is just the way it is. And the one of the big problems is, as I discussed in my first ever Know Your History, was how uh, the elimination of the hand check essentially uh, uh, handicapped uh, defenses on the perimeter. Um, once teams discovered that you could just shoot threes, um, and it became this game of of just getting contact because the benefit of the doubt went from the defender to the offensive player with the elimination of the hand check. This is something that has flummoxed a lot of people in the league, uh, a lot more than people are willing to admit. It is something that they don't like. They don't like the amount of free throws that happens. It's just it's part of it's part of the they, the NBA likes aesthetic appeal, and fouling on a three point shot is not aesthetically appealing. The math says it's fine, which is fine, but the math doesn't have to watch the game. <laughs> so you could see why the NBA people are like, "How can we change this?" There is a natural evolution to things that don't that, that come within rules changes. That's kind of why I think that like when people say the NBA has evolved, quote unquote, I don't necessarily buy into that sense because the NBA is exactly where it wanted to be. Um, by changing the rules they did in the early two thousands, uh, they wanted to create the league that they got. So it wasn't necessarily an evolution insofar as the NBA forced it there. Um, long, long time ago, Kiki Vandeweghe said the NBA conforms to its best players, and with tall, uh, big guy, big guys, uh, Embiid, um, even Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, people like that who are big guys, but they can do. They're skilled. But they're big guys, um, and they're, they're starting to be filtered in more big guys who can play. Um, Bobamba, uh, Bam Adebayo, um, people like that filling into the league that can do more than one thing. Um, the NBA in the, within NBA circles, there is a feeling that the next evolution, quote unquote, of the league won't be outward; it will be inward. And that will come exclusively at the defensive end uh, because the NBA just has, has no more room to outwardly expand. Um, since there will be no more four-point, there will be, I can guarantee you there will be, won't be a four-point shot. Uh, the only thing to do is to force people in. And no one can shoot mid-range shots anymore. Only a handful of people can. Obviously, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard are two notable uh, players who can really hit that mid-range shot, obviously, uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, people like that, uh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, the mid-range shots. Where the NBA has been flummoxed is how to compress and make three-point shots less efficient. You do that the only way you can without bringing back hand check, and that is to grow your perimeter players. Not in a quote-unquote positionless league sense, but in a uh, these guys got to get bigger and more athletic. So if you have perimeter players who can close out, 
who can close out without having to close out in a big way. Uh, one of the reasons I keep harping on the fact that Gary Harris, who's a great uh, defender of point guards, um, and uh, Will Barton are struggling in a sense, is because the uh, this, this, it's the Rodney Hood thing. <laughs> this, he succeeded, Rodney Hood succeeded the, uh, against the Nuggets the last year's playoffs because he was tall. Exclusively, that's it. There's no, uh, he did not play like a all-star. He just was taller, and the Nuggets couldn't handle it. Um, getting bigger and getting, excuse me, taller and at maintaining your athleticism is how you force people inside. You don't force them out. You force them in. If you have someone who can close out like that and get you a make every three-point shot or most of your three-point shots contested, what it does is it forces you inside because a contested, heavily contested three-point shot, while it's worth more, is not necess- is not worth the same as an open two. And this isn't Jeff Desire speaking. This is based on a lot of people I've spoken to. Uh, it is it is where the next evolution of the league is going, particularly on the defensive end, because we have reached the limit of outward expansion. Basically, there will be never never again will the days of the dump it down, highly congested lane happen again in the NBA. That will never happen again. There is a there is a feeling that if you have athletic players tall athletic players who can close out on the uh, who can close out on the on the perimeter and make and and I'm not referring specifically to the uh, um, corner three which will always be the most highly sought after shot in the NBA uh, we're going to point that push that aside I'm talking about the the shots that you get outside of the key um, at the top, and those shots are the ones that have probably been far too prevalent. I mean, look, James Harden gets all his threes from the top. Um, he is he is outside like that, and actually, most of Steph Curry's threes are there. Um, but the if you have someone who is athletic enough to cover ground without having to run constantly and collapse the lane, um, you have, that length eliminates a lot of the spacing and it eliminates the, the space that you have as a three-point shooter. So naturally, instead of going outward, because your limit is the half-court line, uh, instead of going outward, you come inward. And the inefficiency and the inability of the league to hit mid-range shots is going to be exploited. And that's usually where people want you to take your shots anyway. Uh, They want you to take long twos while they make their threes. That's the NBA in a nutshell right now. Um, And if a team is successful in making your three-point shots inefficient, uh, or at least a greater percentage of them being inefficient, that is where you'll see the evolution of the NBA. And when I come back from the break, I'm going to talk to you 
about how the Nuggets, how the Denver Nuggets, are ahead of the curve on that evolution. Well, baseball is back. Basketball is back. Here we are, folks. Uh, This is uh, a time where people will get out and start gambling, maybe placing a wager somewhere. And you know what? Sports betting in Colorado is legal now. Uh, It's been legal since May 1st. And it, uh, look, no more going to those offshore offshore, uh, betting sites. This is U.S.-based DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has you uh, basically covered because um, my friend on my radio show, uh, Nate Lundy, has has already done this with golf. Uh, He'll be doing it with baseball. Just the ability to wager is there right now. Uh, And you can do it safely and legally in the comfort of your own home with DraftKings Sportsbook app. And uh, if you're into it right now, look, NBA's restarted. Major League Baseball's restarting. NHL's going to be starting here soon. It's, it's, it's time, folks. It's time. And if you want to get in on the ground floor, DraftKings has you covered. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code MHS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's code MHS to get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, must be 21 and older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, the Nuggets are way ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve on... Just the ability to have that defensive uh, perimeter presence. Um, having, look, when Michael Porter Jr. comes back, um, you could be looking at a lineup that features Jokic, uh, you could feature Jeremy Grant, features Bull Bull, big boys with long arms. And people who are athletic enough to score. This is kind of like what Milwaukee was doing years ago when they had, you know, Henson and, uh, you know, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, you know, the, that was that approach, but, you know, they're and Thon Maker, but uh, the, and, uh, and Larry uh, Sanders too. All of them had long, long arms. But the problem was. None of them had, other than Giannis, really have the all-star ability, which is what you want. You need all-star ability to uh, really make that thing work. And, of course, you've got Nikola Jokic, you've got the potential of Michael Porter Jr., and you've got whatever Bull Bull can provide. Obviously, we've only seen one game, but you're seeing where the Nuggets are going. And it's not just talent. It is about length. And the NBA's evolution towards length is primarily due to the fact that they, your defensive evolution is to force people inside. Force them inside the three-point line. And if you have the athleticism and if you have the closeout ability to do it, now obviously we, 
Michael Porter Jr.'s adventures uh, with defense last uh, this last year has kind of given us some question about whether he can do that. But nevertheless, the Nuggets' length, which was their big problem uh, last year against Portland, uh, may be their biggest strength. You know, and look, the NBA intelligentsia uh, was mocking particularly John Hollinger saying that if the Wizards lost to this Nuggets lineup, uh, they should be made to go home from the bubble. I'm paraphrasing there, but it was a snarky comment that it's just like doesn't doesn't take into account a lot of factors. (laughs) Obviously, it was with the knowledge that this was not a permanent lineup, but uh, Hollinger is uh, a perfect example of the NBA's intelligentsia's kind of fixation on small ball and the revolution for tall ball is coming uh wings are already getting bigger uh clay thompson is a tall two he's six foot seven um things like that it's coming whether people are ready for it or not the nba intelligentsia right now is not but you can see it coming. And based on people I've been speaking to throughout the league and for a couple years now, they know that the defensive pushback will be those guys, those big, athletic, tall guys who can close out and make your three-point shots inefficient. That is where we're at. And what we saw last night with the Denver Nuggets was a glimpse, potentially, maybe not with such exaggeration, Obviously, you will never probably see a lineup featuring Nikola Jokic at uh, point guard again. And it didn't look good, by the way. Um, But the forefront is the Denver Nuggets. They've got the players. And it's up to them right now to to make us believe that it can work. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will be talking to you soon. Goodbye.